Good morning, Northlanders, and welcome to Sound Off. The Sound Off host is Brad Bennett, who has served this country as a Marine Corps sergeant during the Vietnam War and has served this community as a three-term member of the Duluth School Board. Now, Sound Off, and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, good Tuesday morning, Northlanders. It's my anniversary today, Kenny. Did you know that? You know, I saw that, Brad. What number is this one, though? Oh, God, 28, I believe. Well, happy anniversary to you and Kathy. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and she was uh, she was so excited uh, that I remembered and that I got her something special. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, what did you get her? Like what that. did you get her, bro? Uh, I huh? can't. I can't tell you. Oh! I can't tell you. It's special. It's uh, it, it's kind of a just a one of a kind. Just her and I. I can't. I uh, can't tell you. Well, well I'm going to ask you again you before you we'll the show's nice over. Dinner. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> You'll try to catch me on it, but I won't be so caught. So, where was the dinner? Well, no, we're going to go tonight. Oh, I see. I thought I saw a picture of you guys having dinner, so bear with me here. Well, I put a picture of her uh, just where we recently went out, which is uh, um, Ruby Tuesdays. Okay. It's kind of a nice little place down here. We enjoy that. Yeah. Anyway, yes, uh, our anniversary today. you got to remember those kind of things, guys, if you want to continue to have them happen. Tonight, of course, is going to be the big State of the Union speech uh, tonight. Uh, yeah, I know. Don't yawn too what? much. Oh, but I had my mic on. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting to see because he's he's going to, from everything I read this morning on all the wire services, Kenny, he's going to try to continue to blow smoke up our uh, backsides about how wonderful the economy is simply because the labor market's pretty good. You know, we have, we've had, uh, for a while now, we've known that the people in this country aren't having children. That's part of the reason why Biden has been so open about letting people flood across the border is because, quite frankly, we need a lot of employees, especially in... Uh, Service industry jobs, you know, lawn mowing and, uh, you know, garbage removal and those kinds of things. And so a lot of these people that are coming across the southern border do not have a lot of, uh, shall we say, formal job skills, but they're but they're hardworking individuals. So they uh, they they fill those jobs in an instant. And, of course, the other thing we find is that that helps keep the labor costs down for the for the um, service industry jobs. And the service industry owners, the people that own those businesses, don't want to see the labor market go up too high in that kind of an area. So, But there will be a lot to watch tonight. Uh, Biden is, of course, this is the first time he's, since he's been president that he's going to face a divided Congress. He's... Uh, he, the the uh, the Congress uh, co- congressmen and women are going to be predominantly Republican, although not by a huge number. I mean, we're talking six or eight uh, uh, more Republicans than Democrats, but that's the first time in a long time that Nancy Pelosi hasn't hung on to that gavel. So um, McCarthy will be sitting behind him on the dais. Now, let me ask you this, Kenny. Uh, do you suppose McCarthy will be tearing up a copy of a Joe Biden's script 
during the session, or will he be a little more reserved, a little more professional, and kind of sit there and just nod and uh, you know, um, you know, be be an appropriate uh, speaker of the house? Oh, I think he's on the phone. <laughs> anyway, I don't think you're going to see. Uh, Kevin McCarthy jump up and rip up Biden's speech. I don't think that's going to be happening. And I don't think he he's going to sit there with a big pen and check across it like uh, like one Nancy Pelosi did not too many years ago. Um, but it'll be interesting to watch the State of the Union because that's what, you know, there's two things that I understand in reading all of these different uh, talking heads. And, and in reality, that's all it is, is a guesstimation, what these people are saying. Uh, they're guesstimating that uh, that he's going to try to talk about working together by camera, by, uh, you know, uh, by partisanship uh, is going to be one of the recurring themes. Um, you might also hear him talk a lot about the uh, the war in the Ukraine, uh, you know, and how we've got to continue to provide uh, the Ukraine with as much as we can uh, so that they can keep the throttle to the model or the metal <laughs> pedal to the metal against the Russians. Uh, so and that, you know, I'm still I'm one of these one of these guys out there. I'm a naysayer, uh, a naysayer when it comes to the fact that I think Russia at some point is going to strike back at us. You know, they're they're starting right now. This is the uh, this is what they refer to as the spring offensive, even though it's st- still technically in in the middle of winter over there. Uh, but the Russians have manned uh, or massed about 150,000 reservists uh, or new troops all along the border areas where they're thinking of moving inland, especially in that area where they had lost some ground to the Ukraine and they want to take those areas back. In fact, I read one story this morning, which this is not... Um, I don't know how this works out. It, I don't think it would work very good military. At least it wouldn't work in ours, except that we've probably all seen that movie, right? Uh, uh, with, uh, oh, God, who was in it? Bronson was in it, and there was a number of other people. Where, where during World War II, uh, we went into the hardcore prisons in the United States and offered a chance for... Was it this? Was it the Magnificent Seven or Dirty or yeah, it was some number seven or twelve or something? We offered that to a number of prisoners that we would commute their sentences, and they had long-term sentences. I mean, they were like uh, murderers and that kind of thing. If they would take on this one job to try to get into a fortified position that the Nazis held overlooking a strategic valley and uh, and take down their gun positions, and um, these guys basically said, eh, "Why not? We got nothing to, we got nothing to lose. We're here. We're going to die in prison if we don't do it. And if we get out, if we live, we'll be heroes. Uh, when nobody might know about it, but we'll be heroes." And uh, and and so they did that. The Russians are are opening up their prisons and taking people out. I don't think that's a real good idea for military efficiency or effectiveness. But hey, if it works for them. I don't think Chad up a dead-on shooting range would necessarily do that. He always looks for really good professional people uh, to help him instruct and run the range. And you got some really good good people working up there, Chad. We do, Brad. Yes, we do. You know, we we have the only indoor shooting range in northern Minnesota. And uh, you know, with that being said, we sell a lot of people know we sell five 
anybody's been paying attention to what's going on in the atmosphere in the political world in the state of Minnesota, there is some big gun legislation that's going to be, uh, they're going to be hitting the committee here. Yeah. People need to yeah, pay attention to what's really going on. Voting has consequences, and now we are going to see about some of those consequences. Yeah, what Chad is talking about is there's at least four pieces of legislation that the Democrats, that the Walls administration is going to try to push forward. Uh, everything from the uh, uh, red flag uh, deal where they can take away your uh, gun rights if uh, somebody says uh, you're, uh, you're having an angry uh, period of time, you've uh, been angry at somebody, uh, they can actually come take your guns away and have you mentally evaluated a number of other ones. We got to stand up and pay attention, don't we, Chad? We do, you know, and I've been getting a lot of calls about this. You know, not people know that we sell firearms. People know we teach class. They know all the great things that Dead on Arms has to offer. But people are getting nervous, and they and they want to know, you know, what's really going on. You know, and yeah. I tell them, you got to read the bills, read what's going on. You know, and the, the next thing is, you really got to rely a lot on your sheriffs and hope that they uphold the oath that they took. You know, they uphold the Constitution like they did down in, down in Illinois. That, that, yep. That's a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the other thing is if you go up to dead-on shooting range, uh, there are people there that you can talk to about these issues. You'll be able to, even if you don't know a lot about what's in some of these pieces of legislation, I would have a funny feeling that uh, uh, Chad and the folks up at dead-on even made copies of the uh, bills that are out there so that you can look at them and uh, get access to them. But the main thing you're going to get up at Dead On Shooting Range is you're going to get really good instruction and really good performing equipment all the way from uh, if you want to reload ammunition yourself, uh, they can uh, set you up and, and walk you through a schooling process to make that happen. But if you've never owned a firearm or maybe never even picked one up before, uh, they can get you to a point that you will feel comfortable and skilled in the way you handle a firearm because they'll teach you the rudimentary uh, ins and outs of proper uh, firearm shooting and proper firearm safety. So I want to remind everybody, if you don't, if you haven't been up to dead on shooting range yet, it's a very simple trip to get there. All you got to do is go up to Highway 2 coming out of Proctor, go about eight miles north until the road bends a little off to the right. Look to the left, you'll see this big uh, concrete concrete building right there with a sign on it says indoor shooting range that's where you want to go and you'll have a retail store that has literally about everything you can think of and that might you might want to own from clothing and then of course skilled training classes happen right there in classroom settings that are very comfortable and then you work from there right over behind the retail store to a shooting range that's second to none and as Chad said the only indoor humidically and temperature controlled one that I'm aware of in northern Minnesota. Dead on shooting range. Now, if you have questions about schooling or anything else, uh, give them a call today at 218-729-9689. That's 729-9689. Or simply go to their website. They have a great website. And you get there by putting into your computer all one word, deadonshootingrange.com. Deadonshootingrange.com. You'll be really glad you did. Anyway, thanks, Chad. We'll talk again soon. Uh, we got to take our first break of the morning. We'll be back shortly with much more.
KDAL time is 1124, 29 degrees at the National Weather Service. West wind at 21 makes for a wind chill of 16, uh, but 29 degrees is well above the normal high this time of the year of 22. Yesterday in Duluth, we got up to 31 degrees. That was just right around midnight, but officially yesterday, 31 was the high. And we had snow yesterday, Brad. Right around really? 6 o'clock. Yeah, my wife left the house. She had to go uh, do some shopping. She left right around 4 o'clock. And by 6 o'clock, it was snowing. Traffic was snarled. The oh, K Ranch, boy. yeah, the K Ranch got two and a half inches in two and a half hours. Officially, wow. officially, the National Weather Service yesterday, two inches. That puts us at a seasonal total of 82.3, a whopping 27 inches above normal snowfall so far. 27 above normal. Wow, 27 inches lot. above normal snowfall. So it could stop no stop uh, stop snowing now and we'd be good. <laughs> but let me ask you the question. Do you want it to stop snowing or do you like it snowing? You want to continue to snow. I will say this. We needed this snow and I know a lot of people are screaming at me when I say that. Yes, it did make ha- havoc on the roads. I get that. But there was a lot of yellow spots in the yard, at least in my yard. <laughs> it had been a while, so we needed some snow. Need to, I, I think you need to sit down and talk to Rebel about that. That's uh, not... <laughs> yeah, try to change the color, maybe? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, All right. exactly. Well, listen, hey, I want to thank I, the first uh, first segment here. I was uh, struggling talking about the Russians uh, emptying their prisons and trying to remember the name of the movie. One of our listeners, a friend of mine, Nick, uh, sent me a note and said, Dirty Dozen, Brad, Dirty Dozen. That was the name of it. I knew there was a number in there. And, man, when you think about the cast of that movie, wasn't that something? I mean, you had Telly Savalas. You had Jim Brown, the great running back from the Cleveland Browns. You had Lee Marvin, Charles Bronson, John Cassavetes. I mean, it was an all-star cast. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to see those kinds of people ever again uh, in a makeup of a movie uh, from Hollywood. But anyway, that that's uh, basically what's happening right now with the Russians is they are uh, uh, rounding up anybody they can get. They've got some. Uh, they've got some mercenary units. They've got some hired gun units. Uh, by that, I mean uh, groups that are uh, known for protection, for uh, protecting uh, people and interests and stuff. And then now they've also loaded up and uh, got a lot of their uh, uh, prison people out. No, but they, yeah. Well, I was going to say, you've yes. heard, you know the backstory of Lee Marvin. And if you don't, I'll refresh your oh, yeah. memory. No, I do. Now, I he, do. Di- he fact, died in 1987. He died of a heart attack, yes. but he was a Marine. And yes, uh, he's buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Oh, nice. He enlisted in the U.S. Marine Corps at the beginning of World War II. In the Battle of Saipan in June of 44, he was wounded in the buttocks by Japanese <laughs> fire, which severed his sciatic nerve. He, re- oh, he received a medical discharge, uh, got menial work as a plumber's apprentice. And uh, while repairing a toilet at the local community theater, he was asked to replace an alien actor in a rehearsal. And uh, the cool. acting, the acting bug him. hit him, and uh, that's how it started. It was fixing a toilet. And, hey, can you uh, step in for he, <laughs> Yeah. He did have that certain look, didn't he, Lee Marvin? I mean, he had that. Uh, oh, yeah. Kind of like Charles Bronson. The two of them both yes. kind of had that look. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and I know Charles is a, uh, is a, a veteran as well. But, uh, wow. That, that movie, Brad, 1967. Is that when it was? Holy cow. That dates me, boy. That was a long... 
But that that did very well. In fact, I think that won some Academy Awards that year, didn't it? It did. You know? It did. It, yeah, it won a, a number of. It won. Uh, it won an Oscar. Um, okay. I'm just looking here, and uh, yeah. But uh, so, what else you well, got? Well, here's a. Uh, Here's what the uh, here's what the media talking heads are saying about the war in the Ukraine. They say that the war is about to explode any minute. They're saying that uh, you know th- today, by the way, is day three hundred and forty-eight of the Ukrainian war. That remember back when it all started. First of all, most of us, uh, including me, didn't really think it was going to happen. We thought, uh, at least I thought, and so did a lot of other people, thought that the Russians were. Uh, pulling a little bit of a fake Ruski on us. Uh, they were p- putting a lot of pressure, threatening the Ukrainians, and we thought that's all it really was, was it was some threats to make them uh, capitulate. Well, they didn't capitulate, and the Russians didn't back down, and they uh, poured their fighting units into uh, into the Ukraine, and uh, back and forth it went for a while. Uh, the Russians took ground, then lost ground. Now they're back uh, pretty much to a dead standstill, Although most of the fighting right now is uh, is in the area around Bukamont in the uh, Donbass region in an attempt to to capture uh, the Ukrainian town. The two sides are also getting ready for major offensive operations as the conflict looks ready to enter a new phase. And that's what's uh, frightening a lot of people because they don't know what that new phase is going to be from the Russians. The Ukrainian military intelligence continues to anticipate a large-scale Russian offensive in the coming weeks. And the story went on to say what I had already mentioned, that the Russian offensive has moved uh, reserves, created a reserve of approximately 150,000 men to participate in the attack. The goal, basically, from Russia's standpoint, is to liberate the Crimea, which Russia invaded and literally annexed in 2014. The Ukraine would like to liberate the Crimea, but... I don't know that that's going to happen. The Kremlin, meanwhile, is trying to legitimate uh, to legitimize its presence in occupied Ukraine uh, with so-called regional elections. And in fact, what they're trying to do is force elections on the people of the Ukraine and put in their own quasi-government, uh, set it up. However, it's up in the air if the Russian forces control those regions by then, whether or not that'll be able to get done. Listen, we've got to uh, take our CBS News break. When we come back, I'll finish up this about the Russians. They're not, I found another interesting, very interesting story this morning, Kenny, and it did kind of confirm some of the things that I've been thinking about this thing. And the headline to it uh, told a lot of uh, what you're going to find in the story. And the headline was, Russia and America could end up in World War III. That's frightening in and of itself, and I'll tell you what the story is when we come back. KDAL time is 1135, 32 degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers, 33 degrees in Hayward, 26 in Hibbing, and 32 in even freezing at the Sky Harbor Airport here in Duluth. And uh, we're going to have a nice day today. It's going to be relatively mild, but there are going to be these pesky winds out of the west we're going to have to deal with. And downtown, they could gust up to 30, so keep that in mind. Uh, We are going to be uh, breezy today, uh, but mostly sunny. And then tonight, mostly clear and a low tonight of only 22 degrees above. The weather, uh, though, is is definitely taking a market improvement over the last few days or last week or so. It so is. That's, it that's is. a real plus. Yesterday's yeah. uh, snow, uh, little miniature snowfall was uh, quite a surprise, but uh, I think we'll get through it. 
Well, listen, uh, Northlanders, I don't care what uh, President Biden is going to be saying tonight, what smoke he's trying to blow up, uh, you know what. Uh, The latest poll I saw this morning said almost 80-some percent of Americans feel that they're worse off right now than they were two years ago when the administration started. In other words, financially, they don't feel like they're in a very good spot. And what that means is that even though some things are improving, and we will admit that gas prices are starting to come down, even a number of the food items are starting to come down, you're always looking for a way to possibly save some money or make some money. And the one way we keep talking about here, and that seems to work out really well, is if you take the opportunity to go to Solutions Insurance, simply call them at 218 218- Six two eight one eight seven eight, and simply ask them, can you uh, give me that free insurance checkup that they talk about on the radio? And they're liable to be able to find you a way to save money over what you've currently got and maybe even give you better coverage at the same time. So that Solutions Insurance, they're located right out in the Spirit Valley Shopping Center out in uh, uh, West Duluth. Well, okay, so this story I was telling you about, uh, kind of interesting, off of MSN, uh, Russia and America could end up in World War III. Now, the assumption with this is pretty much the assumption I've been talking about all along, is that that's Vladimir Putin, uh, the dictator, uh, controller of the Russian Empire, controller of the Russian army, wants to put the Ukraine in its place. Well, he looks at what America, what us, well, he looks at all of us and thinks it's all our fault, even though, um, as far as I know, I don't think Joe Biden has gone to Congress or the Senate to get approval for any of this uh, large amount of money of ours, our tax money that he is committing uh, from everything from, well, it started off by uh, we were sending ammunition, uh, we were sending uniforms, we were sending, you know, lightweight stuff. Now, uh, we've sent artillery batteries, 155 and 105 artillery batteries, thousands of shells. In fact, so many artillery shells that our own military is saying, whoa, we better start uh, producing some more ammunition because we're getting short even in our own supply chain. And if something happens where we get involved in a war, eh, we might uh, have a problem. Well, look, um, That's basically what this is all about. Historians still debate the cause of World War I, which uh, which everybody called the Great War, uh, to the end of the German Chancellor Bismarck's uh, European order and the fateful alliance between Russia and France. Uh, Robert Massey pointed out to Germany naval challenge in Great Britain. um, He said the... uh, a Europe statesman sleepwalked into the war. They they really didn't pay attention to what was going on. And he says in this story that was republished from Newsweek that the same thing's basically happening right now. The United States and NATO are getting closer and closer to a uh, belligerent status with, with the Ukraine. Uh, the United States and Germany have agreed to supply tanks to the Ukraine, uh, we have agreed that we're going to supply, uh, I think it was 31 uh, Abrams M1, our, our best battle tank. Germany is sending 14 of its uh, Leopard 2 tanks. Uh, Canada is sending Leopard tanks. And we've uh, committed Patriot missile batteries that we're training Ukrainians in our country. So to say that uh, that this is a proxy war is pretty much true. 
meaning we've committed the war, but we're not committing the manpower. Ukraine is committing the manpower, but we're committing all of the equipment and ammunition and supplies. So America's, uh, there's an American war hawk named Max Boot who is confident that the supply of tanks will enable the Ukraine to mount a successful offensive and possibly take back its its territory. But what he doesn't uh, assert is how long this might take and how deadly this whole campaign may end up. Uh, which leads me to ask this, and and this is basically the same thing that I've asked is what they're asking in this in this story. Where are the Americans? Uh, where are the Americans that we had during the Vietnam War that cautioned us about getting deeper and deeper into the war? All the war radicals that, when the uh, Iraq War started up, were immediately manning organizations and and protesting for anything. Have you seen any protests on the street corner yet about the war between Russia and uh, Ukraine? That's because they think it's between Russia and the Ukraine. But Russia is starting to feel like, hey, uh, we could have won this war. We could have taken the Ukraine a long time ago, but for one little thing. That's the involvement of the United States government. And NATO expansions. NATO is pouring equipment and money into the uh, war effort as well. And everybody is looking at this and saying this is now becoming a proxy war. Um, and the more it happens, the more they're going to do that. The more they're going to stand back and look and say, America's responsible for a lot of the damage that's happening here. And... Uh, you know, in World War One, before we even knew what was going on, there were 10 million, 10 million dead. Three empires had collapsed. Um, there was tradition and, and virtue and restraint had gone away. Uh, NATO right now is uh, committing more and more of its NATO allies into this conflict. John Quincy Adams, one of the greatest uh, secretary of states that we ever had in this country, once asked America, uh, to that, and and he said, America goes not abroad in search of monsters to destroy. She is the well wisher to the freedom and independence of all. Well, see, we think that's what we're doing. We're we're helping the independence of the Ukraine out, and maybe that's what most of us should be looking at it as. But this story goes on to say that Russia doesn't look at it as that. Russia looks at it that uh, they are killing off thousands of our young men, our service members, destroying hundreds of pieces of equipment. And with what? With the Ukrainians? No. With American equipment, American supplies, American ammunition, American weapons, American tanks, maybe even American planes before too long. And at some point, we may get that black eye or that bloody nose that we've been talking about. Um and that's where the headline to the story comes. America, Russian and America could end up in World War III. The, uh, the Russians are pouring efforts into the Ukraine right now in this, uh, what, they're, what they're referring to as a spring offensive, even though it's not spring. But the Russian forces to continue, continue to suffer heavy casualties on the ground every day. This is incredible. Every day, Moscow loses approximately 700 killed or wounded. If you remember during uh, my war back in uh, Vietnam, when when our television reports would uh, would would state that a hundred Americans had died, 
that raised the cackles of so many people in this country. The anti-war movement stepped up big time. And if we had anywhere near 100 people die in any given day, it was a tremendous uh, black eye for the American military. And uh, when the Tet Offensive started up, even though uh, we uh, we did amazing uh, military work during the Tet Offensive, almost destroyed the entire North Vietnamese army, uh, and that that comes right from General Giap, who was the overall commanding officer of all North Vietnamese ground forces. He said in his own memoirs that right after the Tet Offensive, they had no capability left to wage a war. And if America had moved into North Vietnam at that point, it would have been just a matter of time before we had uh, taken everything we wanted. But we didn't do that. Overall, the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense claims as of Monday that the Ukrainian forces have killed approximately 132,160 Russian troops and wounded approximately twice that number. Equipment destroyed includes 294 fighter planes, attack bomber and transport jets, 284 attack and transport helicopters, 3,231 tanks, and in fact, the Russians are now using older type uh, World War II battle tanks because they're, they can't keep up with the, with the uh, destruction of their newer tanks. They've also, uh, the Ukrainians have also destroyed 2,231 pieces of artillery, 6,415 armored personnel carriers and uh, infantry fighting vehicles, 461 multi-launch rocket systems, 18 boats, cutters, 5,104 vehicles and fuel tanks, 227 anti-aircraft uh, anti batteries. But you know what? Russia just keeps pouring that equipment into the battlefield and pouring it in. And uh, the Ukrainians keep coming to us and saying, we need newer, better, more mobile equipment. Thanks a lot for the uh, tanks, but we need some jets now. So this is not going to go away quick, and it's not going to be uh, pretty, I don't think, the way it ends. And God forbid we get to a point that uh, Vladimir Putin says, uh, you know what, I could use some tactical nuke weapons and take care of this situation. That's going to change everything. Anyway, we got to go to our Minnesota news break. We'll be back shortly. KDAL time is 11.53, 28 degrees in Eveleth right now. A high today around the Virginia, the Queen City of the Iron Range. Uh, the high temperature today is forecast to be 30. So at 28 right now, uh, you're probably close to your daytime high, but uh, a couple of more degrees. And with sunshine, going to be a nice day today. After the last number of days when you had below freezing and stuff, does this feel like summer almost? Well, it feels comfortable, it feels mild, but we know, Brad, that we've got the rest of February, we've got <laughs> March. You know, spring arrives in March, but it doesn't matter around here because then we have April. No. You know, the snowiest month we've ever had in Duluth occurred in the month of April back in 2013, 50.8 inches of snow fell in April. Oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, listen, we have our good friend Tom uh, from over in Port Wing. Uh, Tom, when when you watch, uh, if you watch the uh, State of the Union address tonight, are are you going to see any surprises from uh, President Biden, or is he going to be blowing a lot of smoke? Well, I will be watching it, and I would suggest that everybody watch it. Yeah, and I'm gonna, well, now, Tom, I hope you're going to have a pot of coffee with lots of caffeine next to you so you can stay awake. 
Well, I will stay awake uh, because I'm, I'm perpetually uh, waiting for him to come out and, and say the truth. You know, my prayer has always been that he would, uh, God would direct his tongue and he would, he would Ooh, say the truth like and, and then he would leave office because the truth <laughs> would set him free from the White House. But I, I wanted to engage you on this conversation uh, about uh, Ukraine and China and Russia. My yeah. biggest fear has always been, you know, there's a lot of reasons I have for not wanting us to get involved in Ukraine. But the biggest reason is this. We don't know if Russia and China, who have two leaders now who have been there a long time, and the, the yeah. Chinese one just declared him president for life, as Putin has declared him president for life, that they're not working together, Brad, and we need to be able to watch these and possibly engage them on two fronts. That's what we've been told. We're, we're, our capabilities were always directed at. The worst-case scenario was these two operating together, one saying, hey, I'm going to send a balloon, you uh, do a little uh, dance over in Ukraine, for instance, and that'll draw off more of America's strength while I'm doing this. You know, if we have to fight both these countries at the same time, even oh even with, yeah. uh, you know, doddering uh, old fool in the White House, it's going to be an uphill battle. But it, it would be an uphill battle even with the best military minds, because this is what my biggest fear is. And I think we're is, going yeah. right down that path, Brad. I don't know how you feel well, about it. Uh, no, I do. I feel the exact same way. I've been watching what the what the uh, Chinese are doing out in the Pacific. I've been watching our retaliation or our response to it. I mean, just recently, uh, we recommitted to a long-term agreement with the Philippines to open five yep. bases again and operate out of the northern uh, area of the Philippines, which is closest to Taiwan and areas like that where we can really keep an eye and, and have strike units in there. Um, I I think you're absolutely right. I uh, I think these two these two organizations, and that's why we saw them come together before the war started. Uh, China and Russia committed to each other, committed to help each other. Now I don't think necessarily they uh, support each other geopolitically, but but militarily, I I think if it comes push comes to shove, I think they would be in each other's back pockets. Uh, exactly. And you know what? They would be dividing the spoils of the United States. This is oh, yeah. not some fictional thing that I've dreamt up. I always wanted the Europeans to step forward so we could step out of the picture and, and be an ob uh, observe what's going on rather than actually engaging them even in a proxy setup. Because we can't afford to take our eye off the, the real uh, picture here, which is we need to be able to jump in on both of these two. Otherwise, we're and the world also is in a very, very bad way because they will oh, yeah. be able to uh, rule the world. I, uh, you know, this is not some movie set. Uh, this is real. This could actually yeah. happen. You know, and we, right. we 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 can't take our eye off the ball. That's my point. Well, Russia has uh, Russia has got itself committed right now, Tom, to this war to the point where it is using up a lot of its manpower, a lot of its a uh, lot of its technology, its uh, its equipment. But but uh, at the same time, China is standing on the other end, building the biggest military growth that they have ever had. 
uh, new commitments to aircraft carriers, to ships, to ammunition. And uh, yeah, even if even if we ended up fighting uh, China on one hand until Russia could rebuild and resupply, it's not a good scenario any way you look at it. Well, folks, we'll be back with hour number two, the afternoon edition here on 610 KDAL. Uh, give us a call this afternoon.